Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. (laughs) That's right. That's good enough. (laughs) Oh boy. Let's dive in. Introducing today's guest, Socially Steph. Socially Steph has created her own social media marketing agency and fitness movement. She's here today to give us the lowdown on how she's built her success and the importance of adapting to your circumstances. Steph, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I want to start at the very beginning. Tell me about where your journey began. Absolutely, yes. And I seem to always fall into either gaining an opportunity or meeting someone new or something coming into my life on a Monday. On a Monday is my thing. And that's when everything really happened. I got my first ever business opportunity at a real estate company. They had invited me in to basically do a training and pitch my social media services to the agents. I'm sitting there with the agents and the girl on the microphone who was the manager was like, oh, socially Steph's going to present in five minutes. And here I'm like, okay, yes, I'm doing this thing called socially Steph, but really, like I had mentioned to you, it was initially started as a blog. And so for me, it was just kind of like, okay, here we are. We're doing this. You know, I'm going to go with it. I'm just going to throw myself out there. I was super confident about my presentation. After that presentation, I ended up getting my first client ever, Socially Steph, as a business owner. Prior to this point, I had left my nine to five with nothing lined up. I just knew in my heart that I had to do this. Later on that Monday, I always, per usual, I jump on the phone, I call my husband, and I'm like, oh my God, I love this class. This was such a a great day. I got my first client. I just taught my group fitness class. Everything's good. It was 1047. I remember it like just so vividly. My dad had told me, Steph, I think you need to come to the hospital. Grandpa's not going to make it. He had been battling stage four cancer for seven years. He had always pulled through. Like he would be really, really sick. At one point we actually gave him his final blessings and we thought that he was going to be gone and he outlived another year. And so it was this constant back and forth. I did not think that it was going to be the last time I would ever see him. I feel like you're kind of, you don't really know because someone's so fragile. I had never experienced holding someone's hand until their very last breath of life. It was an interesting experience because the whole room was like surrounded by us, his family. That moment forever changed my life. My business really was born the same day that I lost someone so important to me. My grandfather was a pioneer in the Chicago film industry, founder of Chicago Studio City. For me, growing up, I was always on stages and always on sets. I had my birthday parties at the studio. My grandpa was just very, very special. Someone I would always go to for advice. So the week before he had passed, I was like, Grandpa, I don't know what to do. You know, like, I love both. They're both my passions. I love fitness and I love social media. And I've been doing both for 10 years. 
and he's like, Steph, whatever you put your energy into, you'll be successful. It's a huge part of my mission statement. It's on sociallysteph.com. It's a part of my story because I am a huge believer in energy and putting that into your work and putting that into everything you do in life. That you telling me the story of your grandfather was such a beautiful way of you giving us your energy. I'm very blessed in a way that he's a part of my story and someone who can forever drive me in my journey. My entrepreneurial journey, I feel like started when I was super young. I used to sell my neighbor's flowers, like pick them and sell them back to him for two bucks. And then on the other side of that, I was a competitive gymnast training 30 hours a week. I never felt super satisfied in my nine to five jobs that I was in. I used to chase my career down Michigan Avenue. Like I would be the girl going into these big high-rise buildings with professional people like you know and I'm looking like a personal trainer fitness has always been a part of me I used to chase my career never feeling really satisfied battling with kind of depressive feelings of like I know I want to do something but what is it then when I started socially Steph things felt aligned but sometimes I feel like I still am trying to figure things out by figuring things out you mean balancing it all right Yes. As a marketer and someone in business, a lot of times we hear that you should niche yourself and that riches are in the niches. And then you have the other side of the spectrum of people that are like, you're multi-passionate and you should stay multi-passionate. I feel like I'm always battling these two spares of people. It is hard to pick a focal point sometimes. When I did pick a focal point, I was able to match my corporate salary in eight months and hire my first employees. That was with my social media management services. I think that's a lesson from your grandfather. You can adapt to focusing on one thing right now. And when the pandemic is over, you can adjust your focus. I feel like you're exactly right. I have been trying to not let go of my fitness class that I created. I launched Elevate and Socially Step at the same time. It just wasn't really right timing. Month one, I made $1,500 on both businesses. You know, it's a start. About a couple months later, I had gone on a trip with my dad and my husband in New York, and I was doing all my social media clients still working and traveling because I love to travel. And I think that's the beauty of having socially stuff. When I was there, I had kind of a realization of that it's really nice to have a business that's very online based. But look at the situation we're in now. I mean, now everyone's taking their fitness business and they're having to adapt to being online. How would you advise people to start their journey to online? I actually have one client who was a retail client. Prior to this all hitting, I had really been pushing, you need to be an e-commerce website. You need to get your website updated for one. I think now more than ever, people need to adapt to doing online. They need to leverage online, not just because of the pandemic, but even prior to the situation. I mean, everything is online. The beauty of social media is to build that trust and to allow people to communicate with you. So even just having a strong presence alone is so valuable to someone's business. How have you been pushing yourself to adapting in your business? Doing what I'm doing now with you. I'm on a live video and I feel like live video is 
absolutely key to any content strategy and to someone who is looking to thrive online. I try and coach all my clients that either sign up with me for management or for my consulting work and let them know of this. You connect with people so much more when you see them almost on the daily. So I would 100% recommend that people leverage Facebook Live, Instagram stories, and showing their face and showing up. And I can preach this until I'm blue in the face. Video is everything today. Is that what you're going to do with your fitness class tomorrow? Yes. So I am. I'm hosting my first virtual online fitness class. I'm getting over my fear of video and I'm just going to do it. Tell me what that's going to look like. How did you get the word out? I have a Facebook group that's primarily for my fitness fam. So I've been announcing and talking to them all there. And what I plan to do is really just start with the Zoom, potentially open it up to doing Instagram lives or Facebook lives. But I think that's becoming a little overwhelming. I just want to keep it really for my members right now. Do you ever monitor fellow influencers in your space and emulate what they're doing? Prior to starting Socially Steph, no, 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 no. I have always been very true to myself and what my brand is. I don't look to others for inspiration. However, with this pandemic and with seeing so many people doing fitness online, I have been feeling like there's been a lot more comparison on my end, which is so annoying for me to experience because I don't normally do that. That is terrible mentality and I usually do not have that mentality. So I think the reason I'm having that is because it's like, it's too much. There's too much going on in that fitness and health space. I find that people are very giving when it comes to telling you what they want to see, hear, and experience. Do you carry out that process? I have asked questions in the past about music. Never have I really focused on a single body part or focus area. My class is dance, cardio, strength, and core. And anybody who comes to my class just knows that we do killer ab exercises. I think sometimes I am very cautious about asking questions is because you have to balance asking your audience things. And then also like we talked about earlier is staying true to yourself. So I think it's really important to make sure that you are always still defining your brand. I I think there has to always be a balance there. You said to me prior to the interview that when you left your corporate job, people noticed that the work was different because your brand is your unique style. When I used to work at LK, I had a previous coworker reach out to me. They screenshot the Facebook message and they're like, Steph, is this your message? Because it does not look like your message and your energy. I do believe that all of my work, I put my energy, my heart, my passion into it. When you take on a client, you are lending your name and brand to that business. What happens if the business is not aligned with your core beliefs and morality? I primarily work with restaurants, realtors, and fitness professionals. And so I feel like the people that I'm working with, I'm able to put my voice into it in the way that it needs to be. Anytime I think a marketer or social media professional is in a role, they have to learn the tone of voice of the brand. For instance, when I first got my first male realtor client, it was a little like, you know, oh my God, I don't want to be too feminine sounding or looking even, right? Because like sometimes we throw emojis into the copywriting and we have Instagram stories and there's gifts and there's all these things. So you do have to be cognizant of the way that you're approaching things. (laughs) I think that that would be interesting to ask my dad. 
ask him. I'd be curious. When you're in small business and when you're hiring on your first employee, you need results and you need them to do what you're doing. And you don't have time to necessarily show them all of that. I think that's the biggest struggle is having to educate people when you're wearing so many hats. That has definitely been the top challenge in being a business owner. Every time I put a position up, it was even more overwhelming for me. A lot of people don't know or see the behind the scenes of someone who is a solopreneur or starting a business. Sometimes we walk into someone's chapter 20 and we haven't seen their chapter one or two. Social media alone, right? I think it's it's hard to be on the platforms at times because we cannot control people's perceptions of us and we cannot control how they read something, view something, or see something. Well, that is something that I'm definitely going to call daddy about. He's managed over 200 employees and he is quite a people person and I think that he could really help you there. Thank you so much. I love your story. You literally gave me chills in the beginning. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. I cannot wait for my dad's response. Here we go. I have had employees that have worked for me for many, many years. I could give them the keys to the place. They can come in without somebody looking over them and micromanaging them every second. But that's not the type of person that you really want to try to focus on. You want to really focus on people that do have a passion and a dedication to what you're doing. I think it's your grandfather that has given you just some tremendous push and energy. And I guess staying in good physical shape doesn't hurt either. That also stimulates a lot of energy. So keep working out. You're doing great. I really love your compassion for your work and your energy. The day and the way that your father went out of this world, he was on a feeding tube. And the way that my baby and preemie came into the world was the same way. And his eyes look the same as well. He came into this world at only three pounds and has that fight just like my father did. The irony to this story is, is that a lot of people think that it's just your parents that have an influence on you. I think that grandparents' perspective, they're able to pass that on to their grandchildren is just an enormous benefit and sometimes has more of a benefit than from their own parents. We all have our own unique map, which helps us understand ourselves and others. Increased self-awareness is key to maximizing your career and life. The UMAP assessment reveals your strengths, values, skills, and interests. There is also a UMAP youth assessment for kids. To get your personalized UMAP, go to myumap.com. That's Y-O-U.com today. And make sure you use the code BCD, like better call daddy. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show.